Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The score! And now, live from the Piazza, located at 85 Executive Drive in Aurora, it's time for the Scores Miller Lite Top Draft Show with your hosts, Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron. Presented by Miller Lite, it's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Morell going to third, he will slide, he's got a triple. Here is Anthony Heron here at the Piazza in Aurora. I know we got some people back there. Make some noise for me real quick. There they are. There we go. This place is beautiful, Ant. It's enormous. Is this your first man. time here? It is. And I'm, you know, I'm from Bolingbrook, so I'm not from too far away from here, yeah. but I've never been to the Piazza before. It was definitely not my last time. I'm coming. Yeah. I, I've been here before for a Miller Lite Brewing View okay. with Corey and, yeah. and the Bears uh-huh. post game and stuff. So you guys have actually thrown it to me All right. while I've been here yeah. before. Um, but I was just talking to our engineer, Rich Wyatt, and let's just say I've spent a, a, an evening or two here in okay. my past. Yeah, There's some corners that have probably my saliva somewhere do, from, from the sides on there. Do they end up making a, like opening up a dance floor it, it here? Didn't, it didn't look like this. Okay. I'll tell you, so they, they, okay. they souped it up. It's, it's beautiful in here. And I saw it's they have enormous, a, a New Year's Eve thing going on here. And I can only yeah. imagine what this looks like. It's like a good spot for a holiday party. Yeah. yeah. I see they already got a few decorations up and everything like that, man. Folks are ready. So if you are in the western suburbs, man, make your way out. The Piazza, we got some Miller Lite specials over here we're also going to be hanging out till nine o'clock so that that way we can talk all things bears cubs bulls the whole nine so make sure you guys come hang out again the piazza here for the miller light top draft show all right we are inside of the trifecta this is the top three stories just kind of marinate in my head throughout the day tyler let's get started man number three number three of course breaking news cody bellinger agreeing to a one-year deal with the chicago cubs for 17 and a half million dollars was that shocking to you that the, that Cody made his, is making his way over to the north side? I wouldn't say shocking. Pleasantly surprising, you know, to be able to add to the outfield and a, a versatile defensive player, quality defensive player as well. You know, not not a guy who's coming off the, the strongest offensive stretch of his season, but still a fairly young baseball player who, you know, wants to have a prove-it year. 
And we've seen that going around a little bit, certainly some proven deals with the Bears, but not with the accolades of a Cody Bellinger. He's been around winning. He's been a part of winning. He's had individual success on his own. So you add that to the north side of the city of Chicago, man, on a one-year deal. That's probably the best part of it. You bring in a guy who's got his accolades, and, and you say, you got a year here in Chicago to make something happen. So a motivated Cody Bellinger joined the Cubs, that's a good thing. Yeah, best-case scenario for both sides, I think. Cody right. Bellinger getting paid. I mean, he was going to get eh, more or less that money, you know, in arbitration. I thought but it might even been a little bit more it, for it, a player it, of his stature who's accomplished what he has in years. Yeah, You're absolutely right. I think a lot of people are obviously concerned about his offensive production, right. not the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. I'm interested to see what is going to happen with – the roster movement, right? You always have a guy uh -huh. like Christopher Morrell playing center. They've had right. some guys that are very capable. And then you're saying to yourself, well, you're not going to move Cody Bellinger out of that spot. So uh -huh. it's going to be interesting. Cubs are going to have some, some decisions to make, but a great first start for yeah. the Northsiders, adding somebody like that. I know my brother and a lot of other Cubs fans are anxious to see what the rest of those deals look like. And I'm anxious to see what's going to happen on the south side as well. Yeah, All right. right, man. <laughs> Let's go to number two. Number Two. Moving back over to the NFL, this one's not necessarily like a standout moment, but it's more about two people, two things that were at the top of their career, and then all of a sudden we're talking about them now in a very different light. Of course, I'm talking about Baker Mayfield making his way to the Los Angeles Rams. Baker Mayfield playing for the Carolina Panthers early in the season. Had some issues there, you know, with the whole Sam Darnold. Like, every, everything was going kind of crazy there. And then now... He's going to the Rams. I mean, what did you think of that? Did you think that was like a PR move, Ant, where it's like, hey, let's bring somebody in who, we, who has a name for themselves? Or do you think it's something that they say, hey, Baker can be our backup in the future? I, I think at least the backup. And, you know, who knows what ends up happening with Matthew Stafford moving forward because he, he's been, you know, he's dealt with some injuries throughout his career. And certainly at this point he's been banged up a little bit this season as well. But they're not done trying to win with the Rams. And they're, they're certainly a squad that, you know, isn't achieving at the level this season they thought they would. Normally, it's the team who loses the Super Bowl that has like a big hangover. It's usually not the Super Bowl champ that has a hangover like this that we're seeing the Rams go through right now. But you're at least bringing in a guy who's made some plays, but there's infrastructure there with the Rams where you don't necessarily need as much from the quarterback position. Sean McVay has operated along those lines before when they had Jared Goff as their QB where they said, you know what, we're going to use a run game, we're going to scheme things up, and we're not going to put too much on your plate. So if it did come to a point where they had to put Baker Mayfield in the lineup on a consistent basis, you at least have a head coach slash play caller who's been sort of in that position before. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because when you see the Rams, you're saying to yourself, okay, you had Daryl Henderson Jr. at the beginning uh -huh. of the season. He's not there. Yeah, Matthew Stafford is their starting quarterback. He's not there. Cooper Cup, your A1 receiver, yep. he's not there. Tough year for the Los Angeles Rams right. and what they've been dealing with. But you're right. You, you wouldn't. Ex I didn't expect them, though, Ant, to be honest, mm -hmm. to have that sort of hangover, not only just with the injuries, but just the, they themselves as a team because you saw it. Aaron Donald really wanted to come back. Sean yeah. they, they, they seemed as though like a, like a team that wanted to repeat. I, I was – I really thought they had an opportunity to. I mean, when people were asking that question, it's like, can they repeat? I was like, mm -hmm. yes. They have Cooper Cub. They have right. a, a management, uh, management quarterback in, in, in Matthew Stafford. 
it's just it's just surprising to see where they're at right now. It, it feels like an all-star type of roster. It's got playmakers in such a wide variety of position groups at QB, at receiver. Obviously, you know, you lose a guy like Andrew Whitworth up front, so you lose a little bit of that leadership on offense. And Stafford's a guy who'd only been there a short time, so you do you really look to him for, for being a leadership, being the guy who's holding everyone accountable day <laughs> yeah. in and day out. But Could you imagine Matthew Stafford taking on that role? You'd want him to. You think he, you know he can. Right, yeah. I mean, in theory, but, you know, especially – defense like you mentioned Aaron, Don, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and you know playmakers at the second level too but for whatever reason between injury and just guys not playing at the same level they did last year whether they've been playing banged up or just the amount of missed games they've had on offense and defense it just hadn't come back together for the Rams and LA is a real fickle market like it, it doesn't take long for folks to get in because they think something's cool right now and they think something's hot but as soon as you're starting to lose again and you don't have a lot of that star wattage then LA will get out on you real quick, too. So they're headed back to St. Louis. I got you. All right, let's, go to, number, way, man. let's go to number one. Number one. All right, another team that I personally had high hopes for but hasn't necessarily came through this year. I'm talking about the Chicago Bears. They're heading into their bye week. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've caught and I've caught all the post games. I've caught the interviews with everybody. But there was one player in particular that I was shocked at his, at his tone, at his demeanor. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about David Montgomery. Huh. He's a guy who's usually very jovial, smiling, very happy. And I don't know, man, this, this particular post game, I don't, know, or I don't know if it was because they're heading into the bye week. I don't know if he knows something that we don't. But I wanted you to take a listen okay. to this, this particular answer. They asked David Montgomery, you know, what, what is his bye week? Or excuse me, uh, they asked David Montgomery about finishing games and what that looks like. Here's what he said. Ultimately, just going to finishing, you know. We had the game. It was 19-10 at one point with us winning, and, you know, we made some critical mistakes, um, which, which can't happen. It's kind of been recurred the whole year along with everybody, and we all know we got to be better, and we all will be better. But it's just unfortunate that we weren't able to finish, and, you know, we pay for it. Now, I understand, right? You're 3-10, and 10, you're not feeling good, you're, you're down and out. But even last year when the Bears were struggling, David Montgomery – Seemed like a guy who stepped up as a leader, a vocal leader at that. And if you caught the rest of that 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 uh, that press conference right there, he had some one-word answers. Hmm. It was some answers where he was. I think I, I even think it was like either Mark Grody or, or Chris Emma that asked him a question like, "What'd you think about that Justin Fields run?" He was like, "Thought it was great." <laughs> What'd you think? It's cool, right? I mean, it was like it's uh-huh. like what you typically do not see from David Montgomery. Yeah. So my question to you, Anthony Aaron, is, do you think he's out? Do you think he's like out? Oh, he's like, I'm done. I know I'm not gonna. Be, I'm not gonna be here. This is not where it's at. Because I'm trying to figure it out. Because I want him back. You know, I like David yeah. Montgomery. But, but but what do you think about something like that that happens with players going at this point in the season? Uh, I think Grody was getting on his nerves. Uh, I think that's pretty much what it comes down. I mean, you know, you've dealt with Grody before, man. You know, stop, he can be. Stop. No, man. You know, Grody can be kind of annoying he's sometimes. Like the guy you know, in he's the like world. needling at you a little bit. You don't really know what angle stop he's coming it. at from. No, I mean, aside from just obviously everyone loving Grody, I think. Yeah, maybe it's a bye week thing. You know, you you do finally get the potential for some extended time off or time away as a player. Maybe just being a little bit short, like, you know what, let me get up out of here. Let me go and just relax a little while. All right, here's my final media session before I get a few days away. You get the maybe, you know, back in the day, it used to be where you'd have to, um, if you were injured, then you had to be there a lot over the bye week. But if you're healthy, then you still had to come. There may be some meetings, perhaps even a little bit of time where you'd be on the practice field. It's not necessarily like that anymore. You can get pretty much the full bye week, especially as deep into the season as the Bears bye week is right now. 
Maybe Demo was just like, you know what? Let me hurry up and get through these questions so yeah. I can go relax I got a little a, bit. Got it a, might be that simple. I got a flight to catch. He yeah. did say he was going to hang out with his nephew. Just yeah. got diagnosed with leukemia. Yeah, right. So that's kind of right. tough. But I'm glad that he's, you know, spending some quality time with family. He said he got mm. to unplug, reset. A lot of the guys seem to have that uh, mindset. Going into the bye week. You think about a guy who plays as hard as David Montgomery he puts does his heart too. into yeah, it. Yeah, you just put every ounce of yourself into every time you touch the rock, every time you got pass protection. So, I mean, the physical break is part of it, but just the mental break that, that you can have just getting a few days away before you got the final month of the season. And, you know, Dave Montgomery's contract negotiations haven't played out publicly. He hasn't really addressed them. Media hasn't necessarily asked him about it very frequently. It's not like the, the Roquan Smith situation we saw play out here. But when it comes down to it, that's a part of what's on his plate just with his performance this season as well. So who knows? Maybe that's even a part of things, too, just where he knows. I got to have a strong finish to this season to try and maximize yeah. my earning potential going into this offseason. So who knows? Like you said, he's normally fine, you know, rather jovial with the media. So could have been just waiting for a little time away. Could have been because there's a little bit of added stress for the stretch run coming up here. Or maybe he was just hungry. Yeah, maybe. You know, could have been anything. Maybe he got into it with his girl. You never know. Could have been I know what that's yeah. like. That's just not a pretty thing. <laughs> All right, there's your trifecta for the day, ladies and gentlemen. That's a magic number. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron again here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at the Piazza in Aurora. We're going to be hanging out here until 9 o'clock. want to shout out everybody listening on the Odyssey app, taking us everywhere you possibly can go. And then, you know, I got to shout out my HD2 crew, everybody listening on 104.3 oh, yeah. right. HD2. I try to say Anthony. And you, Anthony Heron has a smooth voice. And if you want to hear it in, in, its, in its smoothest form possible, you probably want to go over to the HD2. Don't start singing. Oh, okay. Don't, don't start singing. I mean, we got three hours. I'm not going to promise I won't sing at some point before the end of the show. I, I know if but, I But, I mean, <laughs> I the, the, the Piazza is really a fitting name for this spot. Why is that? Because it's just it's cavernous. Like, if you've ever been overseas to, like, a legit Piazza over in, you know, like, Italy, never been. Spain, Paint the picture. Eh? I've never like been. That. I've never been across the uh, I mean, it it, it kind of looks like Aurora, Illinois. Shockingly so. No, I mean, so it doesn't look like Aurora. But the interior of this place, the Piazza, has got the arches to it. It's got some brick laying out. You know, it's got just so much space available around. I, I could use a little bit more artwork. So, you know, if I was going to get involved in the interior design here at the okay. Piazza, maybe I'd add a little bit of artwork. So, oh, we got some murals on the wall, so I'm missing that. All right, there we go. Yeah. So we're good with the murals. Well, let's not too. forget the gigantic television that is behind us. Man, this. You, you're a patient. It's probably picture, the biggest yeah? thing I've ever seen in my uh -huh, life. So. Got some hoops on one screen, got yeah. some hockey on another screen. So th this is a really, really impressive layout. All right. Like I said, this isn't the last time I'm coming here. At all. And you, this could be, if this is, if you're in the area, this could be the first time you're here. We're going to be here till 9 o'clock. So make sure you come hang out with us again. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Here on 670. Maybe we'll hear some of the stories about that saliva you were talking about. You no, no, please. In, uh, some of the corners. I, I don't want any of my exes showing up. In years past. Um, and Bears going into the bye week. Um, from your perspective, a former NFL player, what is that like going into the bye week? I mean, you mentioned David Montgomery was probably just trying to get rid of, you mm -hmm. know, or get finish that last little interview. Here, yeah. Like, what, what was that like for you during that time when you were in the NFL? To, to be wanting and ready to get away. And especially a late bye week. Like this, this deep into the season, man, it can be rough because you've had so much time. I mean, think about going between the, the off-season program, you know, OTAs and mini camps, and you finally get into training camp, you pad it up a lot of that time, and then you're going through the regular season, and you're going through a lot of losing. You know, there's, there's not a lot of success. So for those of us on the outside looking in where, you know, Bears fans can focus so much on Justin Fields and on what he's accomplishing and the excitement associated with that and where it was very easy for a lot of us to just kind of quickly write off any team success that we might have thought the Bears were going to have. 
players in the locker room aren't feeling like that. The players in the locker room are wanting to go out there and win games. And, yes, especially veteran players, you know, maybe like a David Montgomery or whomever, you can keep a little bit of perspective on that. But you still do have your individual goals. You still do have the team goals. And so, you know, if you're taking the field with confidence and you go out there and you've had so many, what is it, I think, eight times now the Bears have had an opportunity in the fourth quarter with the football in the offense's hands with an opportunity to to tie the game or take the lead they've come up short in that regard so frequently so I mean you know as much as I think perspective for Bears fans is useful with the way the season's gone so far you're thinking about the the notion that they are in in the tear down before the rebuild and preparing to kind of get set themselves up for the future but for the guys in the locker room, it's super disappointing. It's extremely disheartening at times just to think about, man, we, we could have had a lot more wins. We were on the precipice of having some more victories here. And so, I mean, I, I think that for the bye week to be able to just kind of reset and recharge and prepare for a strong finish, whether you're talking David Montgomery, a lot of other veterans in here, or just other guys on the prove deal, because Dave Montgomery is definitely going to be in the league, whether right. it's here with the Bears, whether it's with another squad. He's definitely performing at a level where he knows he's going to be around, but he's trying to get that payday. But then even for other guys, all these different prove-it deals that, uh, that some of the other players around the team are on right now, you take this time to, to recharge, to get your body right, to get your mind right, hoping that you're going to have a really strong finish. Even think about a guy like Alex Leatherwood, who finally got a few snaps in the game the other day. It was only 10. What's that going to be after you come back from the bye week? Is that 10 going to go to 20? Is that 10 going to turn into a start? Who knows? So there's, there's still a stretch of games coming up here that mean a lot to some of the individual players on this roster. So you know, as much as it's, it's important to get away and recharge and set yourself up for it at the same time, you know, I think a lot of guys, you're not going to run down to Cancun or something like no, that. You know, that's, gotta, that's what I have in my mind. It's like Cancun, yeah. it's like drinking, it's like partying. It's exactly what you do with your bye week. A thousand percent. There would, there would be <laughs> nothing else I would do. Like I asked, I asked Corey. Did you do a like, lot of spring breaking back in the day? No, that's okay. probably why I'd probably do that. All right. Well, listen, uh, this Chicago Bears team could look different after the bye week, and we get to talk to Mark Potash on the other side Potsy. and ask him that very question. What will look different for the Chicago Bears after the bye week? We'll find out after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at the Piazza in Aurora. We're at the Piazza! We'll be back after this. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little... Or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back with more of the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at the Piazza, located at 85 Executive Drive in Aurora, with Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron. Presented by Miller Lite, it's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Nothing like a live broadcast, man, I'll tell you that. Being in front of the people, having an opportunity. To see them, see reactions, just feels a little different, Anthony. Oh, yep. Can you see him? I you see him like, out there. Yeah, oh, there we go. We got the lights there. There you go. go. I feel like a little celebrity on stage. Like, you know, like I'm doing a concert. I'm like, I see you guys over there right. in the thing. I see you. Well, you spent a little time on stage in the past. You know what that's, that's like. Not, I'm not bringing that up. Because then Ryan, Ryan's here, and he's going to start trying uh, to ask me for what songs I did. Yeah, I'm not, man. I'm not doing that right yeah. now. Uh, but we are here at the Piazza in Aurora. And if you need more incentive to come out other than seeing our beautiful faces, we are giving away some Bears tickets today. Oh, also, a Bears opportu- uh-huh. or get an opportunity to get on the field to watch the Bears play as well. Soldier Field. But the only way you can get that is if you come right down, now. man. We're going to be here until yeah, 9 while o'clock. while it's hot, while they still at Soldier right. Field. And, and we got an awesome promo team here, too. So, you know, you got to want to check them out, too. Um, but we Ordering do- ginormous desserts, by the way. That's Okay, before we get to Mark Potash, I do got to say <laughs> that. I, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't want to say it. We and I've been doing a handful of these, and you know the first the first time we came to these, Anthony ordered a dessert. It was mm-hmm. like a huge dessert, enormous. Yes. And I thought, oh, we're sharing this. Oh man, come on. And Anthony let me know immediately. It's like, this There's old, a lot this of things I'm willing to share. Dessert is not one of them. Oh, I learned that quickly, my friend. So I, don't <laughs> I wonder if Potsy's like anymore. that too. Who? Potsy, Mark Potsy. Oh, I wonder if he's a dessert share or not. Well, we'll get an opportunity to find out right now. All right, from the Chicago Sun Times, joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. It is none other than Mark Potash. What's up, Mark? Uh, I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Outstanding. Uh, so, are you are you into sharing desserts? Is that something like if somebody sits an enormous Sunday in front of you? Do you want multiple spoons available? Or are you just hoarding that on your own? No, more of uh, uh, just taking it for myself. I love sweets and I love desserts. I'll say that. But uh, uh, the sharing thing, nah, nah, probably not too big. I haven't been too big on that only because I have such a tremendous appetite for dessert that I usually have everything for myself. I, feel you. I cannot I believe that I yeah. ran into two people 
<laughs> I am literally like get I'm a dessert, put it in the middle table, can't eat a bunch of it, just like one spoon, but that's okay. When All they right. bring multiple spoons, I'm like, here, you can take the other three, three spoons back. Oh, just leave you. one spoon right here. All right, Mark. Uh, well, we're going to share this Chicago Bears conversation there right now. And Bears heading into the bye week. You know, I was really impressed by the wide receiver group. I mean, there was, there was a bunch of people you could actually point to to say you were impressed by their efforts on uh, this past Sunday versus the Packers. But one guy that stood out for me in particular, and he's been getting a bad rap because of his effort, so to speak, on the interception thrown by Justin Fields, is Equinemius St. Brown. What, what have you seen from him as, as of late? And do you think he can be a key component for this team moving forward? I'll be honest, I'm not really sure how he figures in their plans, uh, especially with the, the additions they've, ma- they've made uh, with uh, Nikhil Harry and Chase Claypool. Um, you know, he's a big target. Uh, he can make plays, as you saw. Um, but, you know, I see him as just somebody who is in the mix and, and, um, uh, I, and, and is, I think, going to have, a, frankly, a difficult time making this roster next year or even being in their plans for next year. Um, they have a lot of guys like him, frankly. He's, uh, you know, he has potential, but they have a lot of guys who are kind of unproven and have potential, and even a guy like Claypool, they really need to see more of. They paid a really heavy price for him. So I think St. Brown is kind of in the mix. I uh, just haven't seen enough. This offense hasn't given any of these guys a real chance to, to stand out. It's been so uh, run heavy and so, uh, you know, just, just so dependent on the run. And, um, you know, it's such a, a formative stage in the passing game this year that nobody's really been given a chance. So I'm not sure exactly where he figures in. Like I said, just, he's just one of the guys uh, who, uh, to me, is just one of the guys who is – kind of in the mix as a, as a potential for next year. But I don't think anything's certain except for Claypool. And you, you mentioned Claypool there, Potsy, and it's, it, it was interesting in the game the other day where it was three snaps in a row where they tried to get the ball to Chase Claypool. It's one of those things that a lot of us have been wondering about. When do they get to the point where Chase Claypool becomes a big part of the offense? And it was three plays in a row where they tried to get the rock to him. And then on that third play was where it was the fumble where he injures his what appeared to be his knee or his leg or whatever. He was able to return to that game, but then he wasn't necessarily as involved in the offense from that point forward. Well, what's your understanding of, of how banged up he may be, and does this bye week come at a really good time for him? Yeah, it does. I, I, they don't really give us any indication of just how serious the injury is. That he came back is, is obviously the best sign. Uh, um, and the week off is certainly going to help. I, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating him being uh, being out there, uh, you, know, uh, you know, as far as, you know, when they play the Eagles, I think he'll be there for that. I think he'll be there for the next game. And he'll practice next week. I'm just uh, I'm just assuming based on the fact that he did return to the game and that uh, it doesn't appear to be a serious injury. But you know you never know. But it's a big it's a huge factor because if there's anything you want to see, you know, people always say, what do you want to see in the last four weeks? You know, uh, when you're three and ten, I think one of the biggest things is seeing what they've got at Chase Claypool. I don't think he give up the pick they're going about to give up to him for that they're about to give up for for him to just be a next year guy. I think it was really, I think getting a chance to see what they've got in him um, is, was, was a, was a big, was a big deal. And I think it's been a little disappointing. I'm just sensing that they're not getting as much out of him as they thought. Um, just by the way they talk about him uh, as being, uh, as just being kind of another guy in that room and, and not uh, the focus uh, with, with Darnell Mooney being out uh, and I think the transition has been a little difficult. I think this offense has made it makes it very difficult for a guy to just step right in. I think they they know that, 
But they really got to see what they have because, frankly, you know, that pick right now that they gave up for them is 34 overall, maybe even 33. I think the if the if the I think the Dolphins forfeited a pick. So that's a really high draft pick for Chase Claypool, a guy who played well his rookie year, but really hasn't been the same same since. I think most people would would think that in this draft you'll be able to get somebody better than Chase Claypool. You would have been able to get somebody better than Chase Claypool with the 34th or 35th or 36th pick in the draft. So. I think what he does in the last four weeks, I think, is really huge. It's one thing I know I'll be looking at to see, and I think a lot of people will be to to, to see if that you know if that deal uh, ends up being what they want. Because, like I said, you know they could have you know they had hoped to give up their own pick. I mean, they'd hoped to give up the pick they got from the Ravens, and and they ended up giving their own second round pick, and that's a, a difference of at least twenty picks right now, and it could be more by the end of the season. So. I did. I say Claypool is probably the uh, is probably a big factor, uh, kind of a big focal point, uh, heading into these next four, the, the last four games to see what they've got, and and also you know that plays into the whole Justin Fields factor. You know, can, can they can they kind of get can they show a semblance of a of a passing game that at least has them have has gives them some momentum going into next year instead of just being kind of a dud and just where they got to kind of start over. We're talking to Mark Potass from the Chicago Sun-Times here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez here with Anthony Heron at the Piazza for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Um, Mark, you know, the Bears obviously needing this bye week, not just the players, right, but the coaches themselves. Iberflus mentioned they're going to be taking a look at this team ever since the, the Patriots game. But, I mean, outside of Chase Claypool that you mentioned that they're going to be trying to evaluate, is there anything that's going to be different about this Bears team? Are they going to look any different? Maybe with the play calling, you heard Iberflus talking about, you know, them running some more Wildcats to try to take that pressure off of Justin Fields. Um, what do you think will look different for this Bears team? I'm not expecting a whole lot different. This is a really late bye week. It's not a great time to have it. It's not a great time at this point of the season to have it because there isn't a whole lot to play for. They actually need to get their regulars back in there. You know, um, they they need to get Jaquan Brisker back in there and Kyler Gordon and and, and find out what they've got there. And uh, so they so I don't think it's going to be a situation where they start where they start playing too many people that they haven't seen because they're already playing a lot. They, they a lot of young people, and like I said, they need to get some of their good young players in there. So. Um, I'm not expecting a whole lot of changes. Uh, uh, if anything, they need to kind of advance this offense a little bit and kind of uh, accelerate it a little bit and show something uh, that, that uh, like I said, that they're, they're ready to, to head into the offseason with some momentum in the, in the passing game and, uh, and, and not just be, uh, you know, Justin Fields' uh, running offense. So, uh, like I said, I'm not, I'm not expecting a lot of changes. You know, a lot of times you maybe you take a different direction or whatever at this point, but, you know, there's only a month to go. There's not a whole lot you can do, and they've already done a lot. I mean, this was a clean, this was a, a real clean rebuild from the beginning. So they've been doing a lot of cleaning out already and getting people in there. You know, trading Quinn and Roquan Smith, and and uh, you know they got Jack Sanborn in. They're going to see more of him. I mean, that's something to look for. But I'm not ex- anticipating a, a whole lot of changes. Just maybe more opportunities for a few key guys. Valus Jones is one guy. I'm sure they want to see. But a lot of those guys were, like I said, uh, you know, Brisker and Gordon were guys that were already in there that they're going to want to see and, 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 and get them so, you know, at least another final month of actual game snaps to kind of get them set up for next year, which is going to be a big, big year for the Bears. Uh, Pazza, you just wrote a, an article in the Sun-Times today about the, the ability to finish and the Bears right now being 1-7 when the offense has an opportunity in the fourth quarter of a game, five minutes to go, game on the line, and 
they've come through one time when they gained zero yards the other seven times they weren't able to make it happen and you kind of comps Justin Fields accomplishments up to this point with guys like Peyton Manning Aaron Rodgers what, what were your findings and whether or not it is cause for much concern up to this point that Fields in the offense haven't consistently been able to put drives together and put points on the board when they've needed too late well, Anthony, I think it's a legitimate concern at this point. Now that it's been so many consistent times that they that Fields has has, has uh, you know failed to kind of take this team over the top, uh, and 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 win games like that. But I also feel like you know it's that that's that's something that that's also comes from the maturity of the offense. You know, it could be that maybe Fields is what you know. There are certain guys who are really good really good quarterbacks, but just don't have that it factor that puts a team over the top. You know. Um, uh, I mean, prolific quarterbacks, guys who are make the make the Pro Bowls all the gap. But but I think more. I think I I think it's more likely that this this offense really needs to mature as a whole uh, for them to reach that that reach that uh, to reach that point. And I, what I the research I did, what I I just looked at some other quarterbacks to see just how just how how rare that is for for a team to be that you know uh, have that much difficulty or a young quarterback. And um, and frankly, uh, there have been quite a few who have uh, who have struggled in that first year, including guys you know like uh, you know Aaron Rodgers was 0 and 8 in similar situations. The, the, the crunch time was defined as last five minutes of a, of a fourth quarter with the, with your with needing a score to tie or take the lead. And, um, and you know Peyton Manning struggled his first year. Uh, uh, Josh Allen struggled his first year. Uh, um, like I said, Aaron Rodgers did. So that doesn't mean that that doesn't that doesn't mean for sure that that uh, next year um, with more support that uh, Justin Fields will suddenly turn into Peyton Manning. But it does it does provide some evidence that there is there there's more than just a maturation, but there's a there's a, a an upgrade in talent and getting more and getting better players around you, getting better protection and and being in a better position to to take a team to, you know across the finish line that makes it happen. So I, what I'm saying is nothing is defined. Uh, you know this this season does not define. Justin Fields one way or another, it's really all going to be based on what they do after this season to get him a supporting cast that will give him a chance to kind of, uh, you know, turn some of those, lo- those, those, close, lo- those close losses uh, into victories. And, and that's pretty much what the, the research showed, that, that, uh, that, it's, that, that it's, hap- it's happened with other, other highly rated quarterbacks. That the, they, they haven't had the success uh, in doing that, in, in, in winning games. Um, and finishing, learning how to win, however you want to put it, until that second season in the offense. Talking to Mark Potash here on 670 The Scores, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. I mean, outside of Justin Fields, if you are a big fan of his, who's someone on, on the team that you've been impressed by? I mean, there's obviously a bunch of new additions, people that have come in the you know, middle of the season like Claypool. Um, you got guys like Alex Leatherwood who just got plugged in, you know, played a, a few plays on Sunday. But is there anyone that stands out for you that you just said to yourself, hey, man, this guy right here, he's someone that, that could be on this team, and I'd love for him to be a part of the Bears moving forward? Well, I'd say what the one guy I'd point to first off is a guy I thought at the very beginning of the year would make the biggest impact among the rookies, and that's Jaquan Brisker. He just looks like he belongs. So Kyler Gordon, I think he'll be a hit eventually. He's been a little hit up and down, uh, but a cornerback is going to have those problems just by the nature of that position. But in this defense, the safety has a better chance to make plays. And I and I think I mean, shoot, he's their he's their leading sacker. That's not a that's not a great thing, but uh, he's got three sacks. Uh, Brisker does, but Brisker just in general, I think has been the guy who's really established himself as that um, 
you know, dare I say, Mike Brown type who will be around if he's if he's healthy, uh, you know, for you know for a while, and I and I think is a a, a foundation certainly a foundation piece. Um, I there are a couple guys I've been encouraged uh, with that I just don't know how much how much is real. Tevin Jenkins I think has had a really good year. I think from where he came, you know, basically almost not even on the team. I think he's been their most effective, consistently effective offensive lineman. Um, at, at guard, and, and I think he I think he looks like a keeper based on what I've seen so far. So I you know I think uh, um, you know I, I think that's one guy. Another guy is Sanborn. He's an interesting guy. I mean he's come up and put Roquan like numbers tackles wise, and, and and it's just hard to tell. Like does the league just not know to block him? I, I don't I don't know enough about the X's and O's of the game to know how that how that works. Like when a hitter comes up and and, and hits three hundred the first month or whatever, do, are they just not aware of him, or or do they or do they not game plan for him, or or is he a guy who will be able to adjust when the league adjusts to him and starts blocking him? And and uh, but otherwise he's been outstanding. I think I think he's uh, he's a guy who looks like he can grow in this defense, and I I can see now why they really didn't mind trading Roquan because they weren't getting enough of the big splash plays out of Roquan that they wanted. And if you're not going to get that, they, this defense this defense can live um, uh, uh, with a Jack Sanborn doing what he's doing now, as long as he does not. What they can't live with is like a Justin Jones to the three technique, and, I think they, and he's had a good year, but I don't think he's given them what they wanted. And I think that's going to be the key position that they attack in the offseason is maybe try and find a three technique, maybe still keep Justin Jones, but keep him at the other tackle position. I think he, I think he'd, that would, that would, he would be really effective. And I think that's a good example of how you think you have holes, and some of those holes, sometimes you fill two spots with one because I think you add a, a really a, a great three technique, whether it's a Jalen Carter or a rookie, uh, you know, a draft pick or, or somebody established, and all of a sudden that makes that guy like a Justin Jones who maybe isn't the guy you really want a three technique, but maybe he's a, but he'll end up being a really good t- uh, defensive tackle. So um, I, I guess I would, I, I would, I would look to, to, that, to that position, but – to answer your question, I just think, I, like I said, I think Tevin Jenkins and Jack Sanborn, guys, I'm looking at Brisker, Cole Komet, come, I, I think um, I think he was an obvious keeper anyway. But I, but I, but I'm encouraged in this offense. If he can do this in, in this in this in the offense at this formative stage, there's no telling what he could do once it really uh, uh, kicks into a higher gear, which I'm sure they're hoping for next season. Mark, appreciate your time, man. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Some really great stuff right there. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, have a great night. Of course. Enjoy Thanks your dessert it. later on. I know yeah, you're you going to be eating it all exactly. by yourself. Yep. Uh, Mark Potash from the Solo Chicago Sun-Times hanging roll. out with us here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron here at the Piazza for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Now, when we come back, you know, Justin Fields threw two interceptions on Sunday, but one of them, Ant, hurt more than the other. Will Fields continue to struggle in the fourth quarter? And why was the second interception when the Bears were down by two scores more damning than the one where the Bears were still in the game. We'll discuss after the break. Again, it's the Miller Lite Top Draft Show here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back with more of the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at the Piazza, located at 85 Executive Drive in Aurora, with Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron, presented by Miller Lite. It's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I see a ton of Miller Lights over there on these tables, man. So, people, look at that right there. You guys are my favorite. I got to be there honest. Go. I, got okay. a, I got a couple right over there, a duo. They're looking, they're looking yeah. mighty fine over it's there. Showed up so. ready. Uh-huh. That's what it is, man. When you're here, we've done these, man. We know uh-huh. what it's like. People love uh, coming to the Miller Light Top Draft Show. So, again, we are here at the Piazza. We'll be here until 9 o'clock. If you guys are roaming around the western suburbs, uh-huh. make your way uh-huh. over here. Again, we're giving out some Bears tickets, that an opportunity. I told you he was going to sing. Found Aurora. That Hollywood. See, we got other casino sponsors, though, so I guess I shouldn't finish that whole commercial. <laughs> it's game. It's game. And, and, all right, and before the break, I mentioned how, you know, with those two interceptions that Justin Fields threw, one right. of them bothered me more than the other. Here, here's the first one Bears down 20 to 19, and you just, it, it took a little bit of life out of you. <laughs> first down and 10, Bears football right to left. Packers the lead 20 to 19. Snap at a play fake. Fields looking to throw. Over the oh. middle, it's intercepted. Intercepted by Jair Alexander inside the 30 yard line of the Green Bay Packers, aiming for Equinemia St. Brown. I can't say it enough. I love Tom what? Bayer's reactions. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're my I favorite. thought you were going to say you can't say Equinemia St. Brown enough. Oh, no, no, no. It's just, it's, it's like because when he, he, he speaks to my heart and soul. Right. Because when he makes a noise, I'm making that very same noise. Yeah. In real time. So, again, I love Tom Thayer oh. for that one. That first interception. You'd rather it was more of a Pillsbury Doughboy kind of noise, something more like celebratory. A, like, nah, nah. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> that All one right. bothered me. Uh-huh. Um, but that interception in particular, you know, David Montgomery was wide open in the middle of the field on that play. Mm-hmm. And I saw him before Justin Fields threw the ball. I was like, oh, there goes Demo right there. And then right. you see him take a, an extra second and throw the interception. And despite all that, the first interception still didn't bother me as much as the second one did. Four catches, six yards today for Montgomery. Snap back to Justin Fields. Again, a four-man rush. Protection holds. Fields cracking the football, going deep down the right side. It's picked up at the five-yard line, stepping in front of the pass. I think it was Kashawn Nixon going right side of the formation down the field, incomplete. So, okay. The reason why, I mean, and obviously the first one should bother me more, right? Bears are within striking distance, have an opportunity to take the lead. You've heard all the narratives about Justin Fields, and here he is with the opportunity. David Montgomery right there. And that one still didn't bother me as much as them being down two scores and Justin throwing the second one. And the reason why is because I felt there was less pressure on him. Uh-huh. Like, here, here, you're down two scores. Nobody's ex- really, really expecting you to come back, get two tutties, and win the game for the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. But here's an opportunity for you to put points on the board in the fourth quarter with a few minutes remaining when the other team knows they got it in the bag. Like, all this stuff is happening, and yet still you throw an interception in that space. You couldn't 
protect the ball. And, and I've been one of the biggest guys that's like, stop saying that Justin Fields needs to come through in the fourth quarter because especially during that three- or four-game stretch where he was putting up damn near 30 points a game, mm-hmm. it's because you can't expect him to score every time when he has the ball in his hands. But on that particular drive, it just bothered me because I was like, dude, you got no pressure on you, and you still right. ended up throwing the interception. So to, to kind of go into the mind of, of each moment, there were both scenarios like you're laying out. Bears are trailing. The, the initial interception, completely understand why that one bothers you, bothers you less because of, of the scenario and Equinemius St. Brown, his role within it, and, you know, just kind of how, how it played out. The second one, though, where you're, you're kind of in desperation mode because I think, you know, for most of us sitting there looking at it, we can say, all right, they're less than a minute to go. They're not, they're not going to put two scores on the board here, but the players out there still competing on the field. Justin Fields still trying to march his offense down with the clock ticking. You're basically in the desperation mode by then. So, you know, the Bears didn't take a knee on offense. Luke Getzey didn't just say, you know, hand it off to the running back right. a couple of times. We're getting out of here. He said, let's try to get some chunk plays. Let's try to mount some offense. So at some point, you are going to need to try to make a bigger pass, take a chance here or there somewhere with the amount of time remaining so you can put a quick touchdown on the board, maybe get the onside kick, come back, and see if you can score again. So at some point, you're, just, you're taking a bigger risk. You're taking a chance as a quarterback, as a passing attack, and that just that tends to happen in those moments. You know, you in a perfect world where you're not necessarily throwing like an outcut where the receiver's coming back at you towards the sideline where the coverage was more, you know, kind of prepared for it. Maybe you can throw more of a jump ball type of scenario where your receiver perhaps has an opportunity at it. But, you know, it's kind of splitting hairs in that moment because the coverage is is laying back. They're they're waiting for the offense to try to drive it down with more chunk pass plays. And, you know, it's this is one of those things where you, you need to take a risk at some point. He could have just, if he wanted to up his passing yards, could have just kept throwing check downs and, you know, shorter intermediate passes. But he's legitimately trying to see, is there a chance we can win a game? Is there a chance that if we pick up enough chunk yards, we're still in this thing? So he's still, you know, he's throwing it as a fighter. He's throwing that pass as a battler, willing to take that risk. End up throwing an interception. And, you know, it's going to go on his, on his stats as an INT. No quarterback loves having interceptions right. on their stats. But that scenario ends up just kind of indicating if you're truly still trying to, even though the, the clock is waning, the chances are super low, but just as a competitor, if you're still trying to win this game, you're going to have to take a chance, throw it in the traffic, see if you pick up a flag, see if your receiver makes a play, see if you're able to fit it into a tight window. So that second one is just, you know, just from a situational perspective, there's not a lot of odds of the game still, you know, being won there. But you're trying, and you have to take a big chance at some point as the clock's starting to tick. Yeah, I just, you know, you know, for me, it just highlights the inefficiencies in the green zone, right? Mm-hmm. 30 yards and in. It's something that I've just struggled with all year long, trying to figure out, like, what is it the Bears are trying to do? And, and if you talk to Eberflutes, if you talk to Justin Fields, what do they say? Hey, man, we're putting up a lot of points. Yeah, field goals, right? And we want, we want touchdowns. So you're frustrated from that. And then here you are in this position, and, and you mentioned it, like, the checkdowns. Yeah. Check the ball down. You want to know why? Because I've watched a million NFL games in my life, and what do I see with two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter? But, but they, needed, they needed two scores with less than a minute, though. So at some point, you're at the 28 you need to pick yard up line with, fifth, with a minute left. At some, yeah, but they, they didn't just take a knee, though. Like, they, they didn't decide we're not playing to win anymore at that point. So with that idea that, yes, less than a minute to go, if we can perhaps pick up multiple scores, you got to pick up a bigger chunk at some point. Like if Matt, if Matt Eberflus comes from the sideline, says, all right, we're done, we're done, we're good, we're out, let's just take a knee, then cool. But 
he said, we're still trying to win right. the game. So as a passer, you're still trying to do what you can to win the game. Justin Fields isn't calling the plays. He's not making the decision about whether or not they're still competing in the game. Crazy things do occasionally happen in the NFL. So, yeah, it stinks that he ends up throwing an interception, but just the mentality that the offense is in in that moment, you're either going to have some amazing play that takes place where, you know, if you had like a Mike Evans-type receiver, a Justin Jefferson-type receiver, where you say, you know what, go up and just moss it over three defenders. Like, those things will occasionally happen, and that's what you're looking for in that moment. So, you know, you basically just you're forced to take a risk because you need two scores with less than a minute to go. And, you know, if they would have taken a knee, then we'd have definitely been on their hind parts for that because you don't want them just giving yeah, up no, with that, that amount of time. That would have made me even more upset than the two interceptions. Right. But I guess, I guess to your point, that, it, that also frustrated me as well, that the interception wasn't in the end zone. Right. Like how many uh -huh. times are we sitting there in, in the green zone again yeah. where I say to myself, man, we're running the ball right here. Like take a shot to the end zone. And in mm -hmm. that particular situation, you're right. We're not taking a knee. You're right. We're still trying to put points on the board. Then take a take a shot in the end zone. That would have been the perfect space for that right there. And then that wouldn't that interception wouldn't have bothered me as much. But yeah. the fact that, again, it just I don't know. I just I. I Again, I, 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 I am not the person that's been coming down on Justin Fields. Yeah, right. Because you cannot expect him to score every time. But in that particular drive, something about that drive that I was like, all right, here's the time where you get to prove us right and mm -hmm. you get to get, give us something to argue with and, and use this as an example. And the fact that it didn't, just come, didn't come up was, was frustrating. Uh, but, hey, man, you got four. As a, as a passing attack, the, like, both interceptions are booty. You don't want either one of them to happen. The previous one is at least where it's still a one-score game at that yeah. point and you have that the game is in the balance. It's in your hands there. You get the ball with just under five minutes to go. You're beginning to mount a drive, and then you have that interception, and then Green Bay goes back and scores the back-breaking touchdown that pretty much puts the game out of reach. So that's where, you know, situationally, the previous one where you at least understand what the, I guess I'll call it a miscommunication, whether it was the route, the read, being a little bit late, certainly not coming back to the ball quickly, just the lack of suddenness from Equinemia St. Brown. All those things end up factoring into it, but from a situational perspective, that first interception is the one that was even more crushing, more crucial than the second one where you got a two-score game. You kind of have to throw desperation yeah. passes at a certain point with that last drive. Yeah, and, and, and with that one, I feel like the reason why I gave him a pass is because I, I just – thought about the human side of it. You got pressure from the people that are cheering for you to come through, and you got the people that are, that are rooting against you and thinking that you're going to fail again. So the pressure coming from both of those sides, so I was just like, ah, whatever. And like I said, some people wanted that second traffic. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez, <laughs> Anthony Heron here at the Piazza for the Middle Light Top Draft Show. When we come back, we get the opportunity to talk to David Hall. What does he think about Cody Bellinger joining the Chicago Cubs during the winter meetings? We'll talk to David Hall and discuss that after this. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron for the Miller Light Top Draft Show at the Piazza. We'll be back after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.